Hey, it's Jeff McNichol down here at Mom's Music, 1900 Melwood Avenue. I was just thinking, when I was a kid, the magic was at Frankfurt Avenue, the Mom's Music at Frankfurt Avenue, and I used to beg people to get a ride down there just to hang out with the guys and see all the cool gear. Now that I'm the owner of this store, it's like a dream come true. We're recreating the magic with the vibe that we used to have at the old store. We're carrying all the gear that you're going to possibly want. We're giving you the outstanding service and personal attention that you deserve. Yeah, so we've got the great guitar shop here. We're carrying USA Fender, USA Gibson, Paul Reed Smith, Gretsch, Jackson, Charvel, anything you could possibly want. We're going to have it for you. Mom's is and always will be Louisville's music store. Thank you for tuning in to The Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson, and I am your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple. Awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at MetalForgeRadio at gmail.com or visit the website, MetalForgeRadio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. Hey, Metalheads. Thank you all for tuning in to The Metal Forge this week. I'm Mark Jackson. I'm your host. Hope you all have been doing well. I want to start off and say a huge thank you to everyone who wished me a happy birthday this past Monday. I adore and thank you all so very much. You guys are fucking awesome. Thank you. Uh, a real big shout out to Harold Garland. Thank you for, you know, what the kind words you said over the, over Monday. Holy shit, dude. Fucking awesome. This week, hey, we're going back to Canada. This time we're going to go to Surrey, BC. We're going to visit in with Iron Kingdom. You know, funny enough, I was listening to the Night Demon Heavy Metal podcast this past week, and if you're not following that, you really should be. Jarvis was totally talking about things that were leading up to the release of Heavy Metal Mixtape, which, if you, like I said, if you're not following this, you should be, because it's the Night Demon Heavy Metal podcast is a show about Night Demon and the things that they have done musically, whether it's been like tours, releases, so on and so forth. They're talking about this mixtape that Jarvis decided to put out, and included an awesome fuck ton of bands on there and he mentioned taking out today's guest iron kingdom on one of their first tours it's kind of reminds me of like you know the the snake kind of eating its own tail kind of thing because recently having night demon on the show and now having iron kingdom it makes me feel how much the metal community really is a family just like the forebears like diamond head exodus metallica slayer testament megadeth death angel all those peer groups that all knew each other and they knew everybody in the scene i think we today have a lot of that as well and it's just super fucking rad to me the metal community the metal family shit yeah that's all i can say about it uh last week's question i'm gonna transition into this now last week's question here was what was the first band you got into when you started listening to music on your own and we had so many fucking awesome replies. Like, some of them I, I thought were, like, you know, I could see that, knowing these, knowing a person. And I was like, I could see that. Like, Mick from Wild Ride was Kiss. I could totally see Mick from Wild Ride being into Kiss. But the ones that surprised me, like the Rock and Roll Outlaw said Twisted Sister, which is super fucking cool. I wouldn't have, wouldn't have thought that. Erica uh, said Black Sabbath. Metal Warlord was Blind Guardian. Bodily Ruin 
said Allison Chains. Dieter Zimmerman, I've mentioned him here before on the show, he said the Talking Heads, which is so fucking cool. Teague Markle said Skid Row. Colin Canton, shout out to him. He's He's got some Metal Forge patches and stuff out there. He said Megadeth. Thrash247 said Anvil. The awesome one that surprised me the most was uh, Lars Fredrickson, you know, from Rancid fame, said Kiss. And I was like, holy shit, dude. Super fucking cool. My personal one was Black Sabbath. And that all spawns from a time where it's like, you know, when we were like 12 years old, we all sat at the lunchroom table and we're like, I want to start a band. And it's like, yeah, me too, you know? And we're sitting there, it's like, well, what do you want to play? I want to play guitar. What do you want to play? I want to play guitar. Well, you know, such and such. What do you want to play? I want to play guitar. And we had like 19 fucking guitar players, right? Like, I was like, all right, I want to play bass. So that's cool. So I started, you know, picking up and learning and on my own. Didn't really have formal lessons in, uh, until a few years after. And I started playing, like, th- the three notes. Uh, you know, you know, the Black Sabbath notes. And somebody was like, hey, that's already a song. That's this band Black Sabbath. And I listened to them and I was like, holy fucking shit. Completely changed my life. So super fucking awesome stuff. This week's question. This one's a deep one. This one's kind of heavy here. Who did you always want to see perform live, but were unable to because of an untimely or sudden death? Make sure you guys are clicking the links to the bands below. The official websites, the Bandcamp pages, the YouTube pages, the Spotify playlist. Without being able to play shows, this is the only way these guys can make any kind of money. So please, click those links, show your support, and help these people out. Because they are the ones that need it the most. Also, thank you to the sponsors, Mom's Music, Maxwell's House of Music. Go get your gear from those places. Check out Burt, Bobby, Brooks, Howard, and Mike uh, at both of the stores. Click the links, momsmusic.com, maxwellshouseofmusic.com. I also want to say, anywhere you can get this podcast, you can get the Wrestling Steve Show, the It's Gonna Get Weird podcast, and the Night Demon Heavy Metal podcast. So please, after you're done listening to this show, listen to these people as well. They have great content super fucking rad people check them out also better days records if you're in the louisville kentucky area or you know you can click below they have a discogs page for some really cool rare shit you can find so check out better days records you know i think i'm gonna have to ask hawk here about this one hawk what do you have to say here from iron kingdom this is road warriors Let's go! 
right, metalheads. You know, it's 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 really interesting to me how things kind of repeat themselves here. Because here we are, just about a year later now, and I'm at the end of April, and we're back in British Columbia. This time with Iron Kingdom. Everybody, how are you today? Good, excellent. Awesome. Uh, since we have all four of you here, let's uh, go around the room and introduce ourselves. Uh, my name's Megan. I play guitar and do backup. Uh, Leighton, I play bass. I'm Chris. I play guitar and I sing lead vocals. Uh, my name's Max Friesen. I am the new drummer. The, the new drummer. So tell everybody about Iron Kingdom. Uh, Leighton and I were playing in a, in a band before. We pretty much consider it the same band because it was, you know, we'd been playing the songs off the first album kind of thing for a few years before this. Uh, but we wanted a name change and like a direction change and just take things more seriously, I guess. So sometime around 2011, we changed our name and started recording the first album kind of thing. So just kind of went all in right up all at the same time there. Um, and then you had, we had a man Yeah, so at that time... And... No, actually, funny. Okay, so... Oh, well, not yet. So on the first album, we actually had a different guitar player named Jordan. Uh, he played... He recorded the first album, uh, just the rhythm guitars on that. Um, and then he quit the minute he finished recording. So that was kind of a bummer, but anyway. And then uh, my sister was the drummer, and she did the first three albums with us. So she did Curse the Beauty Queen, Gates of Eternity, and Ride for Glory. The, the first guitar player left, we had Kenny join, and he did Gates for Charity and Ride for Glory with us on guitar. And then, and then he left. And then he left. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, it, it sounds like you have uh, luck with guitar players like I do. I've had a new guitar player almost on every album personally. So, <laughs> well, Kenny did a ton of touring with us. Um, he was actually in the group for, I think, six years. Oh, wow. But, but I mean, he played the CD release for the first album. Yes. So he, we so, pretty much consider him the guitarist from the beginning, but okay, okay, that makes sense. But um, what we don't have luck with is drummers. Yeah, we've gone mm. through a lot. So here's where it gets funny. So once Amanda left the group, uh, we had a drummer who Kenny was still in the group at this time. This is really confusing. I think I'm just explaining this really badly. But <laughs> no, I get it. But uh, so so <laughs> so Kenny was still in the band. Amanda had left. And we had a guy named Joey come with us and he did a ton of touring. Uh, we toured for the Ride for Glory album and we did like a hundred shows or something. Uh, we played in Brazil. We played everywhere in North America. And then, um, we just kind of beat him down, I think, in the touring. Him, him and Kenny both got pretty beat from all the touring. We talked so, a lot in a short period of time. Yeah, we did. Right. Yeah. It was like 60 date tours and stuff, you know, so, so he, both of them actually quit on the same day. And then we were like, oh no. So we had like a year of, didn't really have a band. It was just Leighton and I. Uh, we just kept writing and, you know, started doing some of the writing for On the Hunt, the fourth album. Right. And then, and then we came across uh, the drummer, the Chris. drummer Chris, and he started writing with us. And then Megan joined, finished yeah. the album with us. And then we had, now we had a four piece again, right? So then we did On the Hunt, did some touring for that. Then Chris left. Actually, right when COVID happened, we were on tour in Europe, and then uh, well, we went on tour to Europe with a different drummer. <laughs> yeah, we had a. <laughs> <laughs> so this is basically Spinal Tap. Um, oh my gosh! No, and then and then we came home, and our our quote unquote permanent drummer left, and then our fill-in drummer didn't want to be permanent, and then we found Max. Yeah, then we found Max. So my name's Max. <laughs> <laughs> so for sure. I'm, for sure. I play drums and I have no history of spontaneously combusting, which is good <laughs> because 
Oh, wow. That's some bands out there have made it work. There's a lot that haven't. Personally speaking, I have not been able to make it work. I think most of most people's most influential bands have had lineup changes in the past. So it's all good. It makes sense to, you know, as long as you're out bettering yourself in the end. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, Max has been with us for almost a year now. Funny enough, it's just been because so, of COVID. So the timer's on, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, the show, you know. Oh. Yeah, the timer. I'm very excited to play my first show with Iron Kingdom <laughs> one day when we can. Uh, I like to consider this probably the most pre-show prep I've ever been able to have. For sure, so, for yeah. sure. Yeah, don't don't waste it on a live stream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we're kind of thinking, you know. But right. We'll see. right. So you released On the Hunt back in 2019, which is the fourth album, and you said you're currently writing and recording a new album, correct? We've written our fifth, uh, and drums are correct. Yeah, so we've actually started recording the fifth album. Nice. Do we have a name for it yet, or are we trying to keep it under wraps? How 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 is that happening? I don't know. I think I think for the moment it's probably under wraps. Right on. Try. No, keep the, I tried. Keep when you all get together for the writing process, obviously you're all in the same room right now. So you're writing and recording together, which is great because it seems so much anymore that there are so many bands out there that have members strewn all across the world. How does writing work for you all? We're very jam oriented. It's like somebody will bring in an idea yes. and then we jam it and we see where it goes. Yes. Right on. And if we, if we like the direction, then it, you know, we keep going. We figure out some lyrics. We figure out, you know, um, and then we'll keep refining it. So we'll kind of, you know, we'll listen to it. We'll make a couple of recordings just on a phone or something. Uh, right. We'll listen and, you know, it'll be like, oh, I don't like, you know, I don't think this chorus is working for this song or, or this part drags or this part, this part's over too. Yeah. Let's, let's or, up the tempo or, you know, something like that. So, uh, we're constantly refining until we get to the recording process. And even then we're still figuring stuff out sometimes. Um, it's usually not completely written until the album is like in mixing. That's pretty much how it works with us. Definitely. I can relate to that. I've always looked at some friends bands where they've, they keep writing and re-recording and rewriting the same song and putting it out over again. It's like a different version of that song. And they've done it for like three or four albums now. And it's just like, to me, once it's recorded and and put out on a physical form, it's done. It's got to be done or else I will try to obsess over it. Well, and and I think the only like option really other than that, at least from my point of view, is a live version. Right. Know? If you wanted to come across differently, get a live album or something. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, or wait a while and maybe do like some kind of special version of it, you know, as a bonus track maybe. On a different album. That's cool. That's kind of like the KISS approach to things because I've known whenever they do like a Greatest Hits album, they re-record everything with that era's uh, lineup. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought that was I thought that was always kind of an interesting thing. As as years have gone by, I've noticed how it's been like slowed down. Like Detroit Rock City is like two clicks slower <laughs> as, <laughs> because the, because they're old as hell. So Chris, with you doing uh, vocals and guitar, do you write all of the lyrics? No, I do some, but it's, the majority is me. The majority is like. Interesting. So, so see, I'm a, I'm a uh, bass and vocal personally, and I've always thought that like I've always had to write my own lyrics because me singing somebody else's story has always kind of been a 
a weird thing to me. Right. Um, I think with us, it's been a lot of like, there's, there's a pretty deep mutual understanding, I think, between Leighton and I. Right on. Um, I think we kind of go for the same subjects anyway, to some extent. You know what I mean? Like we like the same topics generally and stuff like that. So oftentimes it's like, he'll have an idea and I'll just get stoked on it or something. You know what I mean? And he'll just be like, that's really cool. I'm in. Like, let's do it. Or, or sometimes I'll have an idea and he'll, he'll turn it into lyrics kind of thing. Like, so it just depends. Like every song is different too. Like uh, on this album, I did a lot of one or two songs or something just on my own. And then we kind of refined it as a group. And then um, on other albums, I may not have done anything, you know what I mean? L- lyrically um, speaking. There's always at least one song. Yeah. That's really awesome because I've really always wondered how other people do that stuff because, you know, I write and record lyrics and vocals as well. So, but anyway, let's take a real quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to get into some more Iron Kingdom awesomeness. Hey, it's Mark Maxwell at Maxwell's House of Music. Listen, all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website. Check it out at maxwellshouseofmusic.com. We carry all the top brands like Fender. We got Gibson. We also have basses. We've got ukuleles. We've got drums. We've got sound gear. We've got keyboards. Hi, this is Frank Green from the It's Gonna Get Weird podcast, a podcast I host with Scott Clark. You're going to get everything you need on the podcast. Lots of laughs, lots of music. Some sports and maybe some inappropriate shit. Usually that's Scott's forte. Check it out. It's going to get weird. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and everywhere you get your podcasts online. It's going to get weird. I'm going to put my foot right in your ass. With the inception of the, I I don't want to say the whole series of the band, because, you know, looking through, like, the metal archives, it does show the previous existence of the band as well, with, you know, starting in 2004 to 2011, and then 2011 on. Because that seems like that was the split point. So what is that? That's actually about 17 or so years now that you, you know, you've been doing something here. Yeah. With this same, similar idea. Yes. I mean, like, I didn't go too deep into it before, but that first group or whatever from 2004 to 2011, I mean, you know, we were kids. We were like, I was 14 when that started. So, you know, there's a lot of years in there where really, you know, nobody needs to know anything. Sure, sure, sure. It doesn't necessarily count. Well, it's it's one of those things, but it's learning, you know, it's you learn. It's experience. Absolutely. You know, you're playing, you know, you play your high school, then you play some other high school, then you play a community center, then you, you know, you're just building everything. Yeah, that local band thing. Yeah, that's what we did. And and every time we would do our best to be the best band in that, in that market kind of thing. So it was like, whatever, we just tried to outdo every other band we could. Absolutely. Well, where I was going with this is out of all of those years together and into what is there now, do you have a favorite song or album you have released out of all of this? Typically, the obvious answer is, well, it's the latest one. But, you know, if you could seriously uh, dissect each thing that you've done, would there be a favorite song or album that you've done? There are points that definitely stick out uh for various reasons yeah you know i being asked what your favorite is it's like picking uh, your favorite so, child yes exactly i don't have one so that one's my favorite yeah. um 
say the the second album, Gates of Eternity, sits pretty pretty high in my mind. Um, yeah, for me, I would probably say I I really enjoyed the second album, and I think there was a, a huge progression there. But for me, I'm I I love good production too, and so if I listen to anything that we've done, it's going to be Rides of Glory normally. Okay. Um, however, I also really enjoy On the Hunt. I think the writing was really strong in On the Hunt, um, and I think the songs are really good. But I think the production lacked a little bit, um, and I can tell the difference when I listen to Red for Glory, for example. I just feel like it was a bit of a higher production. So, you know, hopefully, if all goes well, we'll be mixing the better production with the better songwriting for the new album. That's that's hopefully definitely. So it's the the natural progression of things. You you have to as a as an artist, you have to adapt and do things differently because if you get stuck in the same mode, then everything's just going to be stagnant. It's gonna it's like spinning your wheels almost yeah. for sure. I'm going to talk about the artwork here for a minute. Looking at Curse of the Voodoo Queen and moving on to On the Hunt, the artwork style has definitely changed from the first two albums. They've all have stark covers that are just like super artistic. Tell me some about those. Did did you do some of those yourself, or obviously, you know, some, as musicians, we tend to find people who can do that stuff for us because some of us can't do it. Yeah. I don't think any of us are really good drawing I'm artists. I'm people. <laughs> and drawing <Dragnor>. uh, <laughs> uh, The first two albums are uh, are done by a guy who's local to us, named Nicholas. Yeah, Nicholas Nicholas Frenette did the first two albums, and he did the live album. We also have a live album, so he did that one. We kind of got into the European market at this point after Gates of Eternity, and we were getting, you know, a lot of reviews and things, and people were kind of like, you know, I like the band, but I'm not really understanding the covers. And stuff and and you know at the time too we were kind of like we wanted something a little bit more too that's when we found alan lathwell who ended up doing ride for glory and on the hunt he's from uh england and he's a phenomenal artist and he he uh i think he just suits the style a little bit more working with them yeah and neither confirm nor deny nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> for sure um yeah i mean like looking at that at the uh, like the Ride for Glory and the On the Hunt albums, it almost kind of beckons back to a like them from you know King Diamond and stuff like that, where it's like this awesome '80s metal cover, <laughs> which yeah, is totally. which is rad as shit, or or Abigail or something like that. You know, it's just like do yes. you like King? <laughs> well, yeah, I do, but yeah. uh, but like just seeing the the cover of it, I mean, it's. Album covers are always a thing to me where it's like I have to, you know, grab it up and and dissect the album cover and just totally. see all of the intricacies of it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm the same way. I uh, I love physical copies of albums and just like I listen to the record and I'll just like pay attention to all the little details in there and try and look for hidden things, you know. For sure, for sure. So here's a big question: Can you listen to your music objectively? Well, what do you think? I mean, it's not, you're, really, you're, it's not really objective. Oh, yeah, I guess it is. You know, I don't know. I don't. You're like, not like enjoy it without judging? Just with, uh, detach yourself from. Yeah, can you listen to it as a casual listen? Like if, if it pops into your into your playlist, can you can you listen to it and just be like, all right, this is something I can jam? Yeah, yeah. and then uh, the guys are critical. They're like, oh, man, this sucks. And I'm like, fuck, oh, this is awesome, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
then, yeah, like the new stuff when we're writing, that's when I'm like super anal on it. I'm like, what the hell is going yeah. on here? This is messed up. I'm like, I hate this part. I hate it. I don't want to touch this song for like five weeks. I don't want to yeah. look at it or listen or no, nothing. And then I'll come back and I'm like, no, that's sick. And I'll listen to it. And I'll be like, oh, no, I like that again. Like, it's <laughs> right weird. on. I'm, no, I definitely, like, I really enjoyed the, the music, like listening to it after. And I'm really proud to show it and show my friends and stuff. And, you know, it, it's great. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm kind of similar. Like, I find though I'm more critical uh, when it's closer to that album's release. Once I've removed myself from that album, like uh, two or three albums ago or something, then I can go back and, and more enjoy it for what it is. Uh, but the newest one, I'm always really critical because I'm like, how do we take what we are now and improve on? It? For sure. You, know? you always want to be better. You want to, you know, and I mean, in the words of Steve Harris, he said, you know, if you if you think you've done the best you can, then you might as well quit music because, you know, it's, it's the idea of like, you can always be better. You're always reaching for something that that's how i see it yeah, definitely if I'm, if I'm by myself i don't pretty much ever listen to us um but i'll show other people sometimes right on and that's I really listen to it because I mean we play the songs. Right, right, right. So actually like a part of shame when you listen you're like listening to your own band. Oh, I feel like a oh god. <laughs> like I gotta tell you, I do put on like the albums once in a while. I'm like, yeah. No, yep, like, that's still sick. Because <laughs> you're in the studio and you add the drums in, you add in like the guitar riff, and then you add in these extra vocals you never thought that you put in there, and then they sound so good, and you're like, Oh damn, that's it. Like it's just <laughs> right. <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh, my thing is always, man, I wish I would have changed that lyric. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like. But, yeah, I do that with other bands, though, too, right? Like, I'm like, oh, man, that's so good. <laughs> For sure. I had a bit of a unique perspective um, with my experience because I had to, I was able to listen to Iron Kingdom as a fan. And then when I. When I heard about they were looking for a new drummer, I got to kind of reapproach it as, oh, I could actually become part of it, and, and that really changed the listening process for me. You know, it was a lot right. more casual before, and a lot. It's hard to be objective when you like have to reapproach music, and like you've come back to a song you've heard before, and now it's like, well, now I need to pay very special attention because this is something I could potentially be, you know, attaching myself onto. So I had to take a very different perspective with that. Absolutely. And yeah. being a drummer, for that matter, it comes down to a thing of most people don't understand, you know, non-musicians really don't understand how difficult it can be to come in behind somebody who played something before you. Right. And yeah. necessarily wanting to set yourself apart from the previous person yet still trying to remain true to what they did exactly, yeah. especially in, especially from a drummer standpoint it can really be difficult especially if it's something that you're either a not necessarily capable to do or is awkward for you to do or is not something where like that's the that's stylistically yes yes stylistically even for sure so i had the i had the pleasure of being able to immerse myself in two drummers you know and i i about you know okay what's it going to be like assuming the identity of one and then what's it going to be like to assume the identity of another and then the other part that's been really fun is when recording this new album and writing this new album with this group i was able to you know at least at least try my best to kind of amalgamate um aspects from the two previous drummers and adding my own add my own flavor to to the new writing process because you know the, the drumming has to authentically be iron kingdom and now it's my name attached to it but it's also you know this is an album with a track history it's an album 
or this is a band with, you know, this is our fifth release. So, you know, there's, there's definitely a product center yeah. when I'm, uh, right. it's, it, it's like jumping into an established thing. Right? Yeah, it's like, yeah. you got to find the balance. And I think Max did a great job. Like, I, you know, when we do get to the release and stuff, I'm, you know, I'd be curious to hear what you think too, but, uh, I, I think it, it worked out quite well, actually. I think you did a great job with this one. Right on. So Max did say something about this a minute ago, and I wanted to bring up the word. He said, uh, having to look at stuff, stuff objectively from previous releases and stuff. So, who do you guys lean on for objectivity outside of the band? Well, you mean we don't really? That's the I don't, thing. I don't think we do. Do you mean like? <laughs> do you mean like sharing? <laughs> we do that. <laughs> yeah, like who do, who do you lean who do you lean on outside of you for 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 an objective opinion on on what you're currently doing? Not really. I've heard, I show very very few people the stuff that we that we yeah, do. These guys are like top secrets. Anyone to share anything? And I'm like, but uh, I I always talk to my sister, who's like an established drummer and uh, been a lot of metal bands in the East Coast of uh, Canada. And um, I talk to her about you know writing parts and pieces and you know where to put a chorus and how to do things or whatever. Like she's used uh, a really good insight for me, so I always get uh, her opinion, and uh, she always you know gives me the answers I want, even if I don't want to hear them, sort of thing. But also like you know I put my spice into it, sort of thing. So but that's an opinion I trust. Like but obviously like, it's within all of us. We all have to agree in the end of what's gonna happen. So uh, yeah, that's why I asked. What about your mom? No, I think in the past, like in the past, in the past, my mom has has had opinions. Uh, funny enough, because um, I mean, yeah. So on 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 the hunt, um, we were recording. So we we jam and and record in in my parents' house in their garage, and. Um, so the funny thing is, is when we were recording on the hunt, um, we were working on Keep It Steel specifically, and my mom apparently really liked the song. And I didn't really know this, so she she came by, she came by, and she heard us recording, and she goes, "What are you guys doing?" And I'm just like, "What do you mean? We're recording vocals for Keep It Steel." She's like, "No, you got to go." Keep it steel, and you know, and, and she's yeah. like, you need to get rough with it. And I was just like, <laughs> nice. I was like, she's like, you have to be aggressive with the keep it I steel. I think we were sounding more like bugs or something. Yeah. Like keep it. The uh, <laughs> the thing we were like singing it more, and she's like, no, it has to be aggressive. And the the thing you have to understand about Chris's parents is they came on every early tour we did. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> there are places that we go where they're like. Oh, how are your parents? Are they here? <laughs> did, they, did they come? And then we're like, oh no. And they're like, oh, you got to tell them we say hi. <laughs> you know what? That's that's actually really awesome because the metal community more, you know, I try to think that it's like family. So when you can actually incorporate your real family into it, that's rad. <laughs> Yeah, cool. I mean, like, in those early tours, like, we were, like, 18, 19, 20, what, you know what I mean? And it was just kind of like, hey, Mom, can we borrow your band? To, you know, what, you know we got, we're going to go play some shows in Calgary. Can we go borrow your band or whatever? And then they'd just be like, well, we'll just drive you. And we're like, oh, okay. Sure. And my mom Hell yeah! That see, that's awesome. That that's really awesome. And for her, uh, her her contribution, you should did you give her at least a a quasi producer credit for that? You should have. (laughs) We gave him a few CDs. There you go. (laughs) Definitely well paid for, for sure. Note that none of us live like here. <laughs> <laughs> like, none of us live like like in We all live independently on our own. We're all adults. We're all adults. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
was a short period I lived in the driveway, though, so. <laughs> Just wanted to say that. Nice, nice. Yes, you're, yes. <laughs> he did live in the tour bus in the driveway for a little bit, but. <laughs> right on. But dedicated where he was, because where was Castle, right? He's like, I'm living in the tour bus. Oh, that was going to be Yeah, we had a, to, to explain that one real quick, we had a, a U.S. tour uh, back in, I think it was like 2015. 2015. And uh, there was a delay in the visa process. So we were waiting on the visa. It never came. And uh, it ended up, they, they approved us three months after the tour ended. And we oh, like, shit. Wow. We're like, thanks, guys. <laughs> oh, first, we almost died and rolled off the highway. True. Then we kept going. That was in Canada, though. Then we got a different tour vehicle. Then we got another tour vehicle and then built that one into something. And then we sat at home for a month and a half waiting for the tour vehicle. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, leave it to the government to, to fuck that stuff up. So. <laughs> 2015 was an awesome year. Yeah. So do we have an estimated date of arrival for the new album? Nothing set in stone. Just give us a roundabout here. Yeah, nothing set in stone. Um, I think if all goes well... I would I would like to say that this year, sometime maybe in the fall, if if all if everything goes smooth and you know like we're kind of taking the recording process a little bit slower than normal because I mean it's COVID and we're just doing things right. right. There's no rush at this point. Yeah. yeah, there's no shows and stuff, so we're just putting a lot of thought into things and and then you know you know taking some extra time with edits and stuff like that just makes stuff sound really nice and everything. And, uh, you know, make it be the best that it can be, right? Um, so we're taking, you know, extra time even just recording. Like, uh, with On the Hunt, we did the recording in, like, two and a half days for the drum. And this album we did it in four. And it wasn't that Max was less of a drummer or something. In fact, I think his timing was possibly better. But the thing is, is we gave it the time so that, so that we... Takes. Yeah, well, we do we did more... Every song. We did more <laughs> takes. He's still here. We did more <laughs> takes so that, you know, we would have a better product in the end of that. You know, and we spent more time getting better drum sounds and more time, you know, with mic placement and stuff like that. So, right. Um, those kinds of things that this album, I think, is going to have a benefit for. Um, well, being the second album that we've done by ourselves. Yeah, self-engineered. We, yeah. we learned a bunch in the first one. Uh, on, so the hunt, to, on the hunt being the first one we did. We're trying to put a lot of those lessons into play on this one and take our time where it matters and then get a better product in the end. Absolutely. And like I said, it's that it's the learning experience yeah. for everything. You have to... Answer your question, I would say fall. Nice. Right on. I mean that's that's pretty uh pretty decent goal, I would say. I mean it's it's only a few months away, but I think y'all got it for sure. Hopefully by then we can at least play like a show or something. Yeah, a release party in Vancouver or something, you know. Or do do something. Right. Uh, Hopefully by then. Year after we'll be able to actually push the album and do something <laughs> a little more. Yeah, because then you'll be picking up doing a tour for two albums <laughs> for everybody who didn't get get to see anything for On the Hunt. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah, totally. Well, yeah, you know, I feel like we could have milked that album a little bit more too. Well, and we were gonna. <laughs> well, it it the, okay. So the funny thing though. And I mean, I actually think that we're one of the luckier bands. You know, obviously nobody really was lucky with this scenario, but I think we were a little bit luckier than some because we actually did a 40, how many shows? 43, 43 shows through the U.S., Mexico, yeah. and Canada in in October of 2019. <laughs> okay. 
So we did like 43 shows promoting on the hunt. And then uh, we went to Europe in March for two weeks. We, we played some festivals in Germany and we played in France and we played in Netherlands. the Netherlands. And, uh, you know, we were just traveling around and we were actually to our very last show, which was a headlining show in uh, German Sword Brothers Festival. So we were on our final show and that's when COVID really got serious and things started shutting down and, and that show ended up canceling. But we ended up getting our, our flight that we had originally booked. And so we were fine to come home and everything. Yeah, other bands I think were booking. They were booking additional get, flights yeah, earlier. Yeah, trying to get out as soon um, as possible, but it didn't work out. For yeah. Later. Oh, oh wow. Like, oh, yeah, they got so. Oh, yeah, so they so they yeah. pay like two grand for a, a seat, so, you know, yeah. to get home. Um, so I think we got pretty lucky in that, and we were able to promote the album to some extent. We we did want to do more. We had we had a bunch of Canadian festival dates booked for the summer and and stuff, but they're all kind of on. We're waiting for that moment of opening again, and then right. then we'll play play all those shows uh, once we can. You know, for sure, for sure. All right, we're gonna come right back with some more Iron Kingdom. So don't go anywhere. Hey guys, Wrestling Steve of the Wrestling Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You'll also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called The Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is The Wrestling Steve Show. And I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro wrestling. Hey, are you all in a band? Do you need merch for shows? By now, I'm sure you've seen all the Metal Forge patches that are available, along with many more. Well, the printer I use for those is UKR Patcher. Check them out on Facebook and Etsy. They do awesome custom work and for extremely affordable prices for any band budget. Check them out at UKR Patcher on Facebook and Etsy. Thanks for coming back. Here we are with Iron Kingdom. Now it's time for some general profile questions. I'm going to ask you some questions here. Like I said, these are kind of just general profile questions. They're all over the map. You you can have fun with some of these. Awesome. First question is, who do you wish you never saw live? Who do I wish I never saw live? Um, Good question. Oh, man. I hope I've never been asked that question before. That's like the greatest question I've ever heard. Yeah. Oh man! Who do we? Who are we gonna diss? <laughs> well, okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and, and with what Chris just said there, I'm gonna I'm gonna grab that for a second. It doesn't necessarily have to be from um, like throwing shade at nobody. Just the fact of seeing them live just kind of ruined it for you. Oh, okay. Oh, I have. Okay. Um, I I'll start. Okay. Yeah, go for it. I think probably I went, I had a not so fun experience. I basically got tickets. I live in Vancouver, so we're in Vancouver here. Um, I got tickets to go see Niall, the band, right. in in, in uh, Seattle. And I had a buddy of mine, and uh, so I got two tickets for me and a buddy of mine. I went to my buddy. This was like seven months ago, and I was like, oh, just make sure you get your passport updated. And he's like, oh, yeah, for sure. 
And then a month later, I was like, hey, did you get your passport updated? He's like, oh, yeah, for sure, I'll do that. And then another month later, I was like, did you get your passport updated? And he's like, oh, yeah, for sure, I'll do it. So he never got his passport updated. <laughs> and then I was just like, well, what the heck am I supposed to do? I was going to, like, go down there by myself. My father, in fact, was just like, you know, I just had a thing I wanted to go see, so maybe we can just turn it into a father-son road trip. So it went into a father-son road trip, which was fine. But then I just went and saw Nile by myself. And, um... <laughs> wow. <laughs> It was, oh, it was, it was fine. It was just okay. It was like a really dingy bar, small crowd. A guy like threw a beer can at the guitar player and then the guitar player had like a moment and it was like really awkward. Yeah, it was oh. something I wish I hadn't seen live. Yeah, we're going to go with that. I went to see Steel Panther, which I was all like, hell yeah, oh. which I'm still, I still appreciate what they do. But when I saw them, I think it all became real and how like, <laughs> you know what I mean? real. Like, like the chicks that were beside you are like naked on stage and I'm like I have no problem with all boobies it's like go boobies for life man that's totally cool but it was like I don't know something just didn't hit me right and I had to take a break for like two years from listening to them but now I'm back on my fucking doing a power pose chuck beers while I'm listening to them but it's like they kind of like it made it real you know right degrading, which is totally fine because that's again the play and whatever but it was, it was just like whoa i i enjoy them still but that was like i wish i didn't see it because it was too good right it, too good. it ruins yeah. the mysticism <laughs> Layton and I'll pass on this one. You ask the next okay. question. Uh, next one is rapid fire question: Sabbath or Zeppelin? Zeppelin. Sabbath. Sabbath. One hundred percent Sabbath. <laughs> Always Sabbath. Oh, can I try that again? <laughs> uh, what is your getaway from music? Oh, probably video games. Yeah, video games. Archery sometimes. Oh, neat. Nice. I like reading. I used to hate reading. Uh, I like working out. <laughs> I read manga. I play video games. Right on. What was your favorite TV show growing up? Oh, growing up? Futurama. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, honestly, Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> growing up. Uh, I also really dug How It's Made. That was a cool one. Yeah, that is a good one as well. Oh, here's one. Popular Mechanics for Kids. Oh, that was, as a child, I yeah. loved that show. How young are we talking? That was that's, Canadian. That's just Canadian. Canadian. Whatever. That's Canadian programming, but it's like info tech and educational for children. They make it really interesting, though. Definitely. Sounds awesome. Well, we're talking like really young, like big copy counts, like straight up. Oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. But you gotta throw Magic School Bus in that. The too. Dust there, yeah, Magic School, <laughs> magic school Bus. Wow. <laughs> I don't know, Anything science-related, really. <laughs> right on. Talk, I'm down. I'm, I'm all about those science YouTube <laughs> channels, man. Vsauce, Veritasium, that's good stuff right there. I watched lots of Bugs Bunny, but I was mostly climbing trees. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> to be honest. And squirt guns. I watched a lot of Discovery Channel. <laughs> that's cool. What band do you like, personally, that none of your friends like? I have a, I have a guilty pleasure... It's a, it's a group called Karelia. They have one album, and it was amazing. And then it was it was almost just kind of an EP, Young Young Kids. And they had in this second album that they never ended up releasing, and they were supposed to release it, and all sorts of drama happened. And some guy just wanted the album to sound good, so he, like, had the files and edited them and made them sound okay and then just released it himself. Yeah, crazy stuff. They are like... A bunch of kids that are, like, just playing Fortnite now. But uh, they got together, and they, they had, like, two albums that are actually really good that I like a lot. Right on. Uh, anyways. I'm not really sure, because every band I can think of that 
Some of my friends don't like it. Oh. Some of my friends like, and I got one. But it, the thing is, is, I don't generally listen to them, but I like, I really like a few songs. Striper. There's a few songs that just totally kick ass, but I wish I could change some of the lyrics. <laughs> For sure. Because, like, like, they're wicked riffs, and there's, like, they, they totally that. nailed it, and then it's just like, God, oh, stuff. just, you're so close, like... <laughs> Well, I almost wish Jesus that I could. I almost wish I could take the song. <laughs> I almost wish I could take the song and just rewrite it myself lyrically, and and then it'd be like, it'd be the song, man. It'd be so good, right? For sure. Anybody for you, Megan? Like poison or something. <laughs> well, I don't hair metal bands like that. Yeah. Like I know that Leighton doesn't like Dawkins. I love fucking Dawkins. Oh. Like fucking <laughs> love Dawkins. Yeah, I like Dawkins. Like I'll listen to something like. This is probably cringeworthy. I like James Taylor. I think he's a phenomenal musician. No, I I agree. I think he's a phenomenal guitar player. Like I saw him live with his bands, and they were so cool. Like, but I also I love Celtic music. I'm such a sucker. Like, so some people are like, oh, that's so music, you girl. But I just I think it's so cool. I love that stuff. You're never gonna get any shade from me. I know. I'm not you. Just Just talk it. Just talk it. Just talk it. <laughs> but I'm, that's one of the bands I'm glad I didn't see because I saw all their live stuff. I read all their books. I'm like, ugh, like just all the fighting and all the mm-hmm. stuff that went. I love them to death, but I'm glad I didn't see them. And my brother-in-law did, and he was like, yeah, I was really disappointed because I think he loves them as much as I do. Well, I think it was like around 2008, he did like this tour again, and it was just like so horrendous that like yeah, well, that people were just like, oh shit. <laughs> He went through a lot, a lot of like, you know, band drama and, and like physical issues and stuff like that. So for him to persevere as much as he did and like all the like the legal stuff that went down with the name and stuff like that with Dawkins. So I don't know, like I love all the musicians in the band. I think it's phenomenal, but that's a guilty, total guilty pleasure. I think a lot of metalheads like Dawkins, though, to be honest. So I don't know that <laughs> For sure. What do you invest too much time into other than music? Oh, I I I watch hours and hours of competitive StarCraft too. Like I have it on like when I'm at home. It's See, just on. So at like, least at least I spend too much time playing video games. Yeah, no, I literally just watching watch somebody. <laughs> well, Max looks like so experienced. He doesn't need to play anymore. He's playing in his head. He's like, ah, oh, should should have used the zealots. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I probably spent way too much time organizing band things <laughs> or repairing the tour bus, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. Right on. Uh, I probably, I crit- criticize workouts. So I don't criticize. I, I like to watch different trainers and stuff and what they do, and then I steal the formula or whatever, because I'm really passionate about my work. Like, I'm, I'm a personal trainer, and I love to just see what's going on out there in the new fads and stuff and looking at research and stuff about that so i just waste like hours and hours of researching things and like trying to find out like i always want to be all up on my game when it comes to those questions so like that's what i spend a lot of my extra yeah, time in i'm on board with that i spend too much time working yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah spend too much working during a pandemic <laughs> yep yeah, I'm I, not playing enough music. I I'm literally working. cannot wait till tour because I ha- I haven't had so many naps like ever. Oh. But when we went on tour, it's like you drive. You know when you drive and you're driving and you're driving and then the next guy takes over and then you nap. Right. It's like the best. You can read a book. You can listen to music. 
Like, oh, that's yeah. the most chilling time I've ever had. It was so cool. Oh, you get so I much love reading it. time. It's yeah. So it's so, I miss it. Like, oh, my God. It was like, I lost weight because I wasn't stressed. It was like, <laughs> you know, all you have to do is, like, go and play a sick show, you know? It's awesome. Yeah, you have it's one purpose. The best job. See, I lose weight because I'm not eating. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully it's not because you can't afford it on tour. <laughs> 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 it most definitely is. <laughs> so metalheads are usually an eclectic group of people. We all tend to collect things. What do you collect? Debt. Yeah. <laughs> Debt. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody has ever watched Family Feud, survey says number one answer. Debt. Debt. Um, no, uh, for me personally, I love collecting CDs from metal bands, and I love collecting vinyls and like old school, like seventies books as well, like uh, the like high fantasy books from the seventies and stuff. Definitely. But that, that's me. Other than debt. <laughs> I'm a collector of tools. Takes way too much of my money. Uh, I think Max collects plates. <laughs> yes, I actually ended up collecting quite a few plates when I moved into my new place. Really? <laughs> I was there was a box that was missing. I couldn't find the box and it was full of plates, so I had to buy a bunch of plates. And after I bought a bunch of plates, my stepmom was like, oh, here, honey, I have, like, 26 more plates that we don't need. And I'm like, okay, I guess, sure. And then I found the box with that, my other plate. Right? <laughs> so, have too many. You don't have to do, though? What? Dishes. Yeah, I don't have to wash dishes ever. I just, yeah, you I just, just throw it away. Out. Yeah, yeah. I can just, I just toss them out and just yeah. break them. I've done that before. <laughs> what was that show with Merlin, the Sword in the Stone or something? Where they're like, they have the cups and plates all messy. The oh, show. yeah, and he, and he waves his wand. Yeah, he just like waves them. But there's like, they're everywhere. Themselves and then fit themselves in the dark. Yeah. Sword and Stone. Uh, I mean, I think I, I don't really collect much. Uh, I. I moved across the country, so I basically had to bring everything I had in a car. So, uh, <laughs> I don't really have a lot of physical items other than my instruments, but I do like socks. And I have lots of different socks, like nice. all the socks. <laughs> but mostly because I change my socks like nine times a day because I'm sweating a million times because all I'm doing is teaching and training. So I like, you know, want clean socks because that's like, it's basically like a new wardrobe. You just put a pair of socks on, you feel like a new person. Yeah. Yes. If someone gave me a ton of money, I would own a new pair of socks for every day of yeah. the year. I, I, and I would just, I would like, just throw, I would donate or throw out the socks that I'd already <laughs> want and just put on a completely fresh pair of socks yeah, see, every single day. It's a thing. It is. I, I'll go. I'll agree with you both on that. It really is. But like you know. Yeah, I'm down with that. <laughs> one of the things I really like to do is wear really, um, like socks at really awkward times of the year. Like I like to wear my Christmas socks in the summer, and mostly to throw. Can you not stand? I haven't oh. met one yet. <laughs> oh. Question is like, can you not stand it because you physically go ill from eating it, or is it like you can't stand it because it's like you know people particularly eat that food that disgusts you? I guess yes. I guess yes. yes to both of those. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I like food of like pretty much all 
Oh, vegan pizza is fucking garbage and it's the worst shit ever. Vegan cheese? Fuck that shit. That's not real. Well, that's All right? It's gar- like- It'll get better eventually. Oh my god. No, no. So bad. Unless it's cashew cheese, I guess. Then I reverse a little bit of that. Cashew cheese is decent. But everything else is garbage. Just throw it out. Why make a fake something? You chose that diet. Just have the shit that you want in your diet. You know, like that shitty shit that you're going to eat, that's your diet. Well, it's no, like, I, you don't I, get the real foods anymore. I kind of understand the whole, like, let's I'm not farm yeah, animals. Yeah, yeah, produce. I get that a little bit, but at the same time, that's where cheese comes from. <laughs> and you have no joy in your life if you're not eating cheese. What <laughs> <laughs> about bacon, man? <laughs> Exactly. Anyway, uh, so I have some I have some very strong opinions and can give you some reasons as to why pineapple does not belong on pizza. And that's, that's, that's that's just like a hard that's a hill I am prepared to die on because pineapple has absolutely no business going. We're on gonna have to agree pizza. to disagree on this because there's something called sweet and salty. All right, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and move on before we battle here. Yeah, before we lose another drummer. Wow. Oh my gosh, if you don't have cheese, you're not uh, happy. (laughs) Anyways, we're going to take a real quick break, then we're going to come back. We're going to finish this out with Iron Kingdom here at the Metal Forge. Thank you all for listening. Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop, the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. What is your biggest pet peeve? Jane with your mouth open. People don't like pineapple on pizza. Like when you're you sitting right? in traffic and you can see the person in the car next to you doing it, like <laughs> no, like it's not even like a gentle one. It's like a oh, like right up the fucking nostril, like getting in two knuckles deep. That's the great thing about having a deviated septum. My fingers don't. <laughs> uh, I I would have to go with uh, you know if you're making like mac and cheese or something, but you're making it with a metal spoon instead of a wooden spoon. I can't handle that sound. Oh, the, the clanking of the metal. The-, the metal spoon on a metal pot. Oh my, that like kills me, man. Well, it's just like, that's That sound just kills me. I get it. Yeah, that's my big. A, a fork is worse, actually. Yeah, you fuck up your fork. Yeah, don't use a fork. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying, it has happened, and I hate the sound. Definitely. Uh, 
when you graciously let a car in in front of you and they don't give you the decency of that little wave, just that little, yeah, thanks for letting me in. When they just, oh, they're just like, oh, they yeah. exactly. People who don't know how to merge. Oh, man. Or right. oh, roundabouts. I got fucking honked at the other day because I went all the way to the end of the merge lane, which you're supposed to do. Right, right, right. See, this lady would not let me in, and then I finally, you know, I got a big truck. I just forced my way in. And and so she honked at me, so I flipped her off. So she flipped me off, and I was like, you're in the fucking wrong. Learn how to drive. I get it. That that's yeah. one of mine too. Um and, and the funniest part is in Canada specifically, I find people are generally pretty nice and they're pretty allowing you in. Uh in the States, <laughs> I find everybody's way more aggressive. <laughs> yeah. It's called defensive driving down here for a reason. Well, I originally am from Toronto and I noticed such a difference when I moved to the West Coast. It was so different. Like people are so nice. They're like, oh, would you like to come in now? Oh, let me put you down a red carpet. Oh, would you like to drive here now? And then like in the East Coast, it's like, die, I will kill you. Like get out of my way. Oh, you can die off the highway. I'll be like over the country barricade. I feel it's more like, I don't know how to drive, so I don't know whose right away it is. Please go. Please go. Oh, you make the decision instead. Please, you go and I will do something in a correspondence. Yeah. I think they're both good in different ways. Right, for sure. There's horrible drivers everywhere. Yes, there really is. If you would have followed your dreams as a child, what would you be doing right now? That's pretty common, actually, so that's a good one. Money out of this. Yeah, yeah. Money doing this. This is (laughs) the only thing I would be doing. I wouldn't be doing commercial landscape construction. Yeah, no. For sure. I agree. I'm doing the exact same thing, but, you know, I'd have lots of money, and I'd have a very good-looking girlfriend, and I'd be better looking. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be much more fit. For sure, yeah. I'd be in better shape, too. (laughs) No, but but seriously, the at least for me, uh, yeah, music for sure. Uh, I just wish that there was more money in it. So that, right, like what you guys said, I wish I didn't have to have a day job. If I did it, it would be my own choice. Absolutely, I can agree with that. All right, one of the big questions. I do have a couple more. What is your most unpopular music opinion? I have so many. Because <laughs> metalheads are opinionated, right? <laughs> oh, oh, um. You have such good questions. You're great. I I have one. I, I hope I don't okay. get in trouble. Go ahead. To say so. There's there's this. Um, I want to pick my words carefully here. There's a bit of a culture in drumming and the drumming community about how Meg White from the White Stripes is actually a good drummer. You know, like these guys are trying to like they're at a drum clinic. Like, well, who thinks Meg White's a bad drummer? Well, actually, did you know that blah 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 songwriting? When in reality, she's just a Palpably mediocre. We change that to the all the white striped people. Are <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, music. go on. Yeah, we can. <laughs> Fucking horrible. <laughs> like, like, there's there's very little to see there in that music. There's 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 nothing inspirational. And like the fact that she has you know regular competent tempo is not something worth being like. Oh, actually, it's amazing. Like, you know, it's just, yeah. Actually, she meets the bare minimum. Yeah, she like barely meets the bare minimum of anybody who could call themselves a drummer. You know, There's funny? nothing worth looking at. There. Amanda would back you up on that 100. Oh, great. Because every time we went on tour, yeah, people would come up to her and be like, "Well, Meg White's a great drummer." No, she isn't. Yeah, she'd be like, "Fuck off, dude." <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I'm still trying to find an unpopular opinion. Um, I'm sure I have many, but the only one that comes to mind right now is Tony Martin. What? Oh, 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 that's Tony a good Martin one. That's a good one. I think that Tony Martin is potentially the best singer that Sabbath had. Ah, there you go. Yes. There you go. Yes. I think that's an underrated opinion, not a controversial. <laughs> yeah, because you know what? As a Black Sabbath fan for many years, especially like growing up as a kid, you know, obviously your uncle shows you, you know, Iron Man and stuff like that, and you're like, cool, this is great. And you get into it. And then you're just like, okay, you know, I just kind of got bored with those songs, though. Like the Aussie stuff to me, I really like it. And if somebody puts it on, I'm like, sick. But I don't really listen to it anymore. But the best part of the Aussie era is is Weezer, uh, Iommi, and and Bill Ward. Sure, like, but it's not. But it's but still, at least for me, listening point of view is this is an unpopular opinion. Remember, so <laughs> so I'm supporting you on this. I know, but um, <laughs> but I find that Tony Martin, like nobody even talked about those albums. Like I didn't even know there was an album by Black Sabbath called Tear or Headless Cross or you know what I mean. I had no Forbidden. idea. Forbidden. Yeah, I didn't even know they existed. And then I I found one on vinyl and I listened to it. And I was like, who is this? Like, what band is oh, this? It's phenomenal. And I'm like, I think this might actually be better than even even Dio, even Dio even And Dio. I'm like, what? Like, so I love Dio, but I think Dio's best with Dio. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Like the best versions of all the Sa- like the Dio Sabbath era that Dio does is when in Dio he does them with Dio. Like because if you all Dio stuff, there's a progression in his in his vocal uh, style that when he hits the solo Dio stuff, he does Sabbath stuff and he does he knocks out of the park. Fucking Man on the Silver Mountain, like all that stuff. Rainbow, yeah, is Rainbow, yeah. But like all the stuff, anything that was is with Dio, it's best as Dio. Not as Black Sabbath. Is heaven and hell is better? Everything across the board. No, I agree with you both on that for sure. Anybody else have an unpopular metal uh, music opinion here? Opinion. Okay, go. Zach Wilde is wanker. Oh no, they're not unpopular. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Oh, you want to talk about a guy? Some some band that was shit that we saw. Right? I I saw Black Label Society open up for Judas like Priest. That. And it completely destroyed anything I ever thought about Black Label Society. <laughs> Fuck Zach Wilde. Complete, full stop. 100%. He's a terrible guitarist. Can we stop putting him on the cover of magazines? Can we just get rid of him? He ruined he ruined just get, he ruined music like what the fuck that was that was the worst the worst fucking 15 minute guitar solo i ever saw the same shit over and over and over again he's not a good guitarist the sweet exactly that that oh, right there man. just get rid of him that, that reminds me i remember that show that twice that was very that was very uh on that one don't bring up Zach I think I have a segment as a trailer for this episode now. <laughs> I'm going to start a new feature. We're going to p- start doing trailers for the show, and that's going to be it. <laughs> Just use his every time. <laughs> I saw Zach Wilde with Nuno Bittencourt, Kosta Nabasi, Steve Vai, and Ingve Malmsteen. And, like, Ingve Malmsteen was being an idiot the whole time and not even wanting to go on stage when he wasn't the center of attention. And he was still better than Zach Wilde. Zach Wilde was terrible. 
<laughs> he did he did a 15 minute guitar solo that was all the same thing for the entire 16 bar figure and then he walked through the crowd while doing it and everyone thought it was great and my friend came like oh how about that time when Zach Wall walked through the crowd and I was like I, I didn't like the way it sounded though it was, <laughs> it was like not good at all for <laughs> sure the, my thing with Zach my thing with Zach was, okay, the first Ozzy album with him, like No Rest for the Wicked, uh, and then No More Tears, and then that's when he, like, went off the fucking deep end. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> he got noticed and, yeah. and and then ruined it for everybody. <laughs> I agree with you, because I don't think that he didn't have a place with Ozzy. I just think that he went too far with it. Yes. I think, I think he did a couple albums, two or three, I think, that were actually pretty cool, and he had great solos in albums but then it just gets to a point where it's just like all right i'm i'm over it you know it's like it, it just turns into basically what the 90s was and i'm just like okay let's get out of well, here it's kind of like black label it. Like, especially in thing. yes when when they like did like uh down to earth or black rain those albums yeah. yes for sure and then it was very. It, I think it was very hard for Ozzy to recover because his the album after that, like Scream, was such a. It was a letdown, and I think it was because there was. It was hard for him to recover from the black label version of his last album. Cool. I think it really soured a lot of Ozzy fans on it. Talking about Ozzy, I actually have a potential another unpopular opinion, but it may be. Popular. Oh yeah, okay, Megan. Yeah, she brought up Zach Wilde. <laughs> Because I, the thing is, is again, just like Tony Martin, I found that Jakey Lee, I, I thought that Bark at the Moon was done by Randy Rhodes. I thought it was him. And I was like, yeah, this guy's sick. And then I would listen to the Randy Rhodes albums and be like, you know, he really like matured once he got to Bark at the Moon. And then I was like, wait a second, he didn't do Bark at the Moon. He was already I was like, he, he didn't do Bark at the Moon. So it's just kind of funny because I think everybody really plays that Randy Rhodes, but I actually liked Jakey Lee's stuff more. 
Um, so it's a bit of an unpopular opinion. It is. If anyone out in Metal Forge land or you all here have read White Lion Fever, the Lemmy autobiography. He talks in there about Randy being an asshole, and he says, you know what? People are assholes in life. They're assholes in death. They're just a dead asshole. So, <laughs> uh, so I've got one more question, but before we ask it, I also want to mention to everybody, of course, as always, click the links in the description below. Find out more about Iron Kingdom, how to get albums, how to follow them, see them on tour when touring happens, so on and so forth. And do you guys have any shout outs you want to give to anybody today? Yeah, and if you're still our fan after hearing this interview, <laughs> if you want to have a good argument with us, be sure to contact us at ironkingdom.com. I will fight you with words and fisticuffs. <laughs> you if we get an opportunity. We want to have a beer with every one of you who are listening, and we hope to uh, see you on the road at some point. Even if you disagree with us. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. If you're American, just don't shoot us, please. Aww. He's kidding. He's just playing. I'm just playing. Show me your gun first. <laughs> Not all like of gun. us have guns, though. <laughs> no, but he actually is. I do he like he actually likes guns. Legitimately guns. <laughs> But anyway, hey. moving right along. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, maybe cut that one in. <laughs> so, last question. What album changed your life? Uh, Glory to the Brave by Hammerfall. I'm, I'm sitting here because of Glory to the Brave by Hammerfall. Nice. Deep Purple Machine Head. When I was seven years old, I was given that album, and I listened to it to the point where I needed to learn how to play guitar. That's awesome. Yeah, I think actually that's the same for me, Deep Purple Machine Head. Nice. And I was listening to it, and I was like, oh, man. Like, my mind was blown. Your mind could be blown, it was blown. And I just turned the wheels, and I was like, like, I was already listening to music and metal and all that stuff before that. But when I heard that, like, I don't know, it just resonated so well and, like, hit me in the soul. And you're like, oh, like, pierced right through your heart, and you get, like, chills on your, yeah, the goosebumps and all that stuff. Like, I don't know, just so well done and so organic. That it just, that that set me off for sure. Hell yes. Such a great album. I don't know if I have one. Uh, I think it might be Lateralis by Tool. Alright. I think Danny Carey and his drumming. I think that was one of the first one of the first albums that like sucked me into drumming for its own sake, you know. Definitely. Uh back back on the unpopular opinion here, uh I think he peaked at that album. <laughs> what? You might be honest about <laughs> Everybody, thank you for coming on the show this week. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys get back on the road once things happen. And, you know, once we're able to take these masks off and actually greet people in person again and go to shows that are not socially distanced and outside shows for that part. So, uh, again, thank you all for coming on. And what off of On the Hunt would you like me to play out for you guys today? You heard, this is from Iron Kingdom, Paragon.
Hey, thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of the Metal Forge. I want to take a minute to remind you guys about the Patreon page. Over on the Patreon page, we have the tiers set up to support the production of the show. We feature the Down and Dirty, which is just a buck. There's nothing special for that one. It just sends me a thank you because every dollar helps. Then there's the Double Down and Dirty. Much akin to the Down and Dirty tier, everything helps produce the show in the end. You make your presence known, and I appreciate that more than you realize. Thank you for being a dedicated friend and supporter to the Metal Forge. By selecting that tier, you will receive some cool Metal Forge stickers in your mailbox. Now, we're really going to start pounding the metal madness with the Apprentice Metalhead for just $5 a month. By becoming an Apprentice Metalhead, you'll be given early access to the shows, published 24 hours before everyone else gets it. You're also going to receive three entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You're also going to receive a 10% discount on all Metal Forge merch, and you're going to receive a sweet Metal Forge patch for your battle jacket or backpack. And now, here is the big one. This is the Master Metalhead for just $10 a month. By becoming a Master Metalhead, you will receive a hand-numbered Metal Forge Master Metalhead membership card. You're going to be given early access to the shows as well, with 36 hours before everyone else. You're going to receive five entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You'll be able to submit audio questions that I will use on the show of you asking questions to the upcoming guests. Remember, timing is everything, and you will need to keep up with the upcoming guest list on the website. You're also going to receive advanced knowledge of any new merch coming out and be given a 25% discount on all Metal Forge merch. And you're also going to get all of the other rewards from the other tiers. So visit patreon.com slash Metal Forge Radio today and help support the Metal Forge. Rock on. <laughs>